0: Hockey. Let's do that hockey.
1: How's it? Welcome back. It is Wednesday night and we are recording a little top pair action, a little top pair podcast here. I'm your host Eric Weinstein with me as always. Nick Maxwell. Nick, how are you, pal?
0: I'm always good, my friend. I mean, we were being a little uh we were a little off schedule this week. To no fault of
1: mine. No. I take full blame for that. It has been a heck of a, like, five days. Um, I had birthdays. I had Islander games to watch. I played golf. I worked somewhere in there. You know, so was, there was a lot going on. But, uh, but we're here. As soon as I promised two episodes a week, you know, naturally we barely get one in. But here we are. Um, we're here to talk some puck, talk some playoff puck. There's some news outside the league. We got a lot going on. Um, so without further ado, why don't we just jump right into it, Nick? I know you wanted to start little, uh, little drama out in the desert there. Oh yeah, you could
0: say that. Probably the I mean... understatement
1: of the century with the drama <laughs> that's
0: going on out there. Definitely, maybe the first time in sports history where an agent took it upon himself to show that the team was, quote-unquote, apparently, stabbing its player in the back with a really sweet sword. Alan Walsh, the agent for player Marc-Andre Fleury, the goaltender, obviously of the Vegas Golden Knights, posted a picture of, of Marc-Andre Fleury with some type of sword going through his back, out through his gut, real, real 300 movie looking.
1: That said type. DeBoer on it. Amazing. Yeah,
0: that's uh, the poor out of you, right? <laughs> um, definitely one of the most intense things I've ever seen. Sending a clear message of what he thought, you know, what he thought the organization, or what the coach was doing to his to his client. So that was a hell of a start off to the way to start off a week.
1: Yeah, and that's obviously with Vegas. Um, sticking with Robin Leonard in goal. Um, after, you know, maybe the face of their team, Marc-Andre Fleury has only played, I think in one game so far in the playoffs, maybe two. Um, I mean, definitely a surprise, you know, Marc-Andre, I don't know if he told him to do it. I don't know if the agent said, Hey, I'm going to do this. Like, is it cool? Like Alan Walsh, isn't like a new kid on the block. Like he's been around quite a while. I don't think you do this. Unless he, like, Mark andre gives him, like, yeah, fine, whatever, like, I don't care. So, I think, and then, you know, Flurry told him to take it down. Um, I saved a picture on my camera roll on my phone because it's an awesome picture. Like, job well done to whoever made that, but...
0: Yeah, that took time and
1: effort for yeah. that picture to look that good. Like, it looks great. Like, I mean, message aside, like, just very well done, and, uh... But yeah, obviously an issue that the Golden Knights are going to have to figure out because I think Flurry—he signed that extension. He's there for another two, three years, I think, and it's a—it's a decent ticket for a guy who's, you know, on the back end of his career. I think he's 36 now. Um, it's a move that I don't think anybody thought the Golden Knights were going to have to make, considering Robin Leonard's a free agent at the end of the year. But all of a sudden, Vegas might have a decision to make here.
0: Yeah, and a really, really weird one. And just to add to your point too, and just a little bit about that background that I did on Alan Walsh. You know, when I asked Flurry if you if he told his agent to do it, he didn't really deny it, but he didn't really say he did it. It was kind of one of those like, I'm just not going to answer those questions type of responses. Yeah. And to me, like, if you if you're not even going to bother to say no, I didn't tell him to do it, then like. You probably told him to do it. Or you probably at least told him, Nah, that should be funny.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. use that that terrible cliche, spot uh silence speaks volumes by yeah. flurry coming out and not saying, I had nothing to do with that, you know, he did that on his own accord. He had to say it like that, otherwise people are gonna say, Well, well he didn't tell him not to, and he didn't just come up with it out of the blue. So I yeah. think it's just that's a hell of a situation they got out
0: there. And, and two, like, my first thought was, like, how, as an agent, could you have the balls to do this? Even if you have an established player like Mark andre Fleury to just, like, create this much of a rift between the player and the team. And then I did digging on Alan Walsh and people, like, what I did not realize is he used to be a district attorney in L.A. working against, like, a lot of really high-profile crimes against, like, drug dealers and, like, gangbangers and stuff like that. So, the more I got to know Al Walsh, he's a guy who probably just tweeted that and just said, screw it, I don't care. Like, this is it. Like, this is how I feel. Like, I've had to face a lot scarier situations than this. Like, why the hell would this scare me?
1: Yeah, it's just a a wrench thrown into the, all of a sudden, the, the Knights are in the second round against the Canucks. You know, that series is tied. You know, you would think they wouldn't want to have any, I mean, I don't know how much distraction there is with a backup
0: goalie at this point, but...
1: You're, well, don't I mean, want to you think have...
0: about it, like, they just played last night, and Leonard just gave, well, I mean, again, this wasn't all on okay, him, but, you know, gave up five goals. Anytime you give up five goals in the playoffs, you have to look at every single possibility of what we might have to change.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now, you know, you have that... I can't think of the word. I'm sorry. But now you just have this situation just looming overhead, and, you know, it, it's, it could blow up at any second. And, you know, this is... This is a Golden Knights team that i picked to a lot of, not just me, a lot of people have picked to win the Stanley Cup. And I didn't think there was going to be anything that got in their way unless it was something, I guess, out of their control would be the word because I don't think anybody expected Marc-Andre Fleury's agent to say that Peter DeBoer is stabbing his client in the back. So it's very interesting. Um, It's something that we will be keeping an eye on, and we're going to keep updating you guys with that. But it's just something that I did not – in my wildest imagination, expect to see
0: happen. Yeah. And that wasn't the only crazy weird news this week. We just came down today that the Arizona Coyotes, I always have to catch myself because I always want to say Phoenix. I
1: I say Phoenix every time. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Uh,
0: The Arizona Coyotes are now forfeiting their first round pick next year and their second round pick this year, meaning because of these... While these allegations that first came out that they were doing something illegal with their draft testing policy or their combine testing policy. Now, what that means, it could mean anything. It could mean that they're putting candidates through some sort of illegal type of testing. It could mean that they're asking him really stupid and not off topic questions for, you know, for like the interview process. It could mean that they're doing some type of illegal drug testing. It could be, you know, it could be anything at this point. But the fact that they had to forfeit a first and a second round pick tells me that it was something really serious.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is This has been a an Arizona Coyotes team that over the past month and a half or so has not lacked drama. I mean, you had the you know, the issue with the GM. Now you have you're losing your these couple picks. And you would think that they were planning on re signing, you know, the unrestricted free agent of the summer in taylor hall considering what they gave up to get him. but from taylor hall my bags are packed like i'm like yeah thanks for the six months in phoenix like i'm out of here because it is just thanks like, for the
0: cheap real estate
1: yeah thanks for the <laughs> exactly like thanks for the <laughs> like the cool weather for like like the hot weather through the winter like thanks a lot better than jersey but he's out of there like yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where taylor hall goes now you know, there's guys there. You know, I'm not sure what their other UFA's look like, but it's just it's not good. It's a not a good situation out in Arizona right now. You know, a lot of a lot of turmoil in two different deserts going on, and but that one, I mean, I I honestly almost forgot about the allegations that had come against them, and to wake up to that news, it just completely out of the blue. I just did not.
0: And their owner kept saying like, "Oh, it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad." They were like, "They." I think they were thinking it was going to be like a hefty fine and like a third round pick loss. But man, when I saw that today, I was like, did the first it's not bad. first
1: rounder is <laughs> steep, especially because they don't have one because of the Hall trade." And then the well, second, and, and then the second rounder round they lose.
0: And, and to you're speaking earlier too, like about him not resigning The organization, I don't think, he wants to resign him at this point because. Like, if they resign him, that means they have to forfeit their second-round pick next year, which means they can go the next, this year and next year without a first- and second-round pick. Like, talk about just destroying your future, right, and putting the guys around you. This is already sort of a more cap-strap team. Like, now they're just in another clustered situation.
1: Yeah, it's like when things go right with the Yotes, it's like one step forward and like four steps back. With the GM, with the forfeiting the picks, you're going to lose Taylor Hall most likely— I mean, you can honestly even see them dealing off guys they have to try to get picks back because they have de- – it's not looking great. I mean, when you start your first picks in the third round and, you know, you get blitzed in the first round of the playoffs, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough hill to climb. And it's one that I'm glad I don't have to figure out if I'm the management in Arizona. But I, I'm with you. I mean, it's just – it's a terrible spot that they put themselves in.
0: Yeah, and then we'll, we'll get to our third our third piece of news because apparently they just decided that a lot of stuff was going to happen on the ice this week.
1: Yeah, naturally when <laughs> when we're busy and I'm not able to get on and actually record, yeah. Uh,
0: the old uh, the old Toronto Maple Leafs. We need one of one of what I think has to be many moves this offseason. They started by trading Casper and back to the. Uh, Penguins along with another minor leaguer, basically. And then the big return for um, Toronto, basically centered around Hollander, who's a solid looking prospect, but again, who knows? He still seems to be young in his career. I think he's still playing over in Sweden, I think. And obviously, the first round pick, that's going to be the 15th overall. So, really, at the Leafs, after they lose the first round pick to Carolina after dropping, after, after getting rid of Marlowe's contract, they really only dropped two spots.
1: Um, I feel like we bring up that, like, we bring up that first-round pick, like, every week that the Leafs gave up for Marlowe. I feel like I'm always hearing about Patrick Marlowe every week. We're like, yeah, remember that pick they gave up? It just always comes up.
0: I just, like, to me, there's got to be a point where, like, these, like, these GMs start to be like, okay, listen, we've, like, got to be smarter about signing these contracts in free agency. Like, I understand guys get, like, overpaid in free agency, but, like,
1: I don't know. The Marlowe deal never made sense. What was he, thirty nine nah, nah, when he signed that deal? Like
0: Yeah, not for four years. It's like, come on, four years and six point two? Like you gotta front load that contract or something. I just that just never made sense.
1: Yeah, to. and now, you know, the Leafs get a little bit of cap relief, you know, not nearly as much as they're gonna need. Um yeah. I think he makes about three point two. I mean you know
0: three point two, but then the Rodriguez contract going the other way. granted he's an r f a so somebody could resign him. He's making two million this year, and I can easily see him getting like two point one two point two by somebody in the off season and so it's really like really talking about like a one million dollar cap dump, so it's not
1: it's, it's not, not the most, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, but they they gotta do something. I mean, I'm sure there's other guys that are on the block up there because. They got to get, they got to move some of these guys around because, you know, I, yeah. I've i been saying it. I've been, you know, beating the drum that William Nylander is going to be next. But, I mean, who knows? They, they might try to just run it back again and see what they can do. But, you know, it, a first start of moving Kappen in, and it's a, I think it's a, a no brainer slam dunk for Pittsburgh. You get a young forward. He's still only, what, 24? Um, you, put you know him, him real
0: well because he's in. Your, he was in your prospect pool at one
1: Exactly. Point. You know you can put him next to either Crosby or Malkin and let him just run or like fly around the ice because we know he can score the puck a little bit. He kind of had a down year, but you know he can score. Um, I like that move 100% for the Penguins, and it just fortifies their top six even more.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is them being like, we know this is close to the end. I mean, since he be 34 next year, at the end of next year, if They play next year. I don't know. Well, we'll and get then there. Malkin, Malkin will be thirty-five at the end of next year too. So obviously, the two big keys to their core. I think, and I think Latang, I think, will be thirty-three. Does that makes that it's sounds got, right. Got to close. Year. So I mean, that and Latang might have the most tread on their tire out of all those guys because of the amount of minutes he's playing on that back end. But. It's, I mean, it's, it's a wear and tear. This is them, and Rutherford even said it. He goes, We understand our window's closing. You know, we understand this isn't This isn't forever. So we have to make this move while we can.
1: Exactly. And I, I think it's, again, it's just another guy who could score, another guy if you're playing with Malkin. All of a sudden, your second line is Malkin Kapanen and, like, Jason Zucker. I mean, you're looking pretty damn good there. That's maybe one of the yeah. best second lines in the league. So, um, and you know, I know you said it. I mean, Crosby gonna be thirty four, Geno's gonna be thirty five, but I'm still terrified of those guys. And I feel like they've earned the respect that we should be still terrified of those guys. So by adding more firepower to one of their lines, it's you know, great move by Pittsburgh to kind of take advantage of a team that's strapped for cap.
0: Yeah, and I and I honestly think that might not be the last deal between those two during the summer. I could see those two teams making a couple more deals just to kind of either. Maybe not even just the cap-dump stuff, but just to try and shake up their lineup a little bit and get more, some more life-injected into things.
1: Yeah, just because of how predictable it's kind of gotten for both teams. They just kind of need something, and I think this is—I I agree. I think whether it's with the two of them or whether they're trading with other teams, I think both teams are going to look very different you know, whenever they're on the ice again. All right,
0: let's move to the on-ice action that actually— Got to see today. Um, yeah. Do you want to start with today's game, or is that so? It's still too early.
1: No, it's all right. I mean, you ready? You ready for the season <laughs> take? The Philadelphia Flyers. You're
0: about to say something. Hold on. You're about to say something really stupid. I'm the,
1: to, like, the Philadelphia Flyers. Frauds. <laughs> frauds. Is this okay. this is one of the weakest one seeds? I think I've ever seen they get this one seed because the three other teams like don't care about the round robin whatever let's just make sure everybody's healthy and let's get to it so the Flyers try hard great they get the one seed and they score the three goals quickly you knew they were going to come out strong because of how you know how they got I don't want to say not embarrassed but the Islanders kind of dominated most of that game outside of the second period and then it was just kind of like the same thing that happened the other night. I mean, the Islanders are flying all around the ice, and they lose the game in overtime. You know, I I think I called it a fluke goal to you because I was just mad. It really wasn't a fluke goal. It was obviously the deflection off Anders Lee. But I I said Islanders in six, and I think that's a pretty pretty damn good prediction. I think that's looking pretty good right now.
0: I mean, I'm just gonna throw it out there too that Colorado is down two nothing. So for you to call that like call the Flyers the frauds, I mean, that's a little bit that's a little
1: bit. I'm gonna give me. the Avalanche a break because they lost Eric Johnson and Phil Grubauer. I'm gonna cut them a little slack. Uh,
0: have you been watching those games? I don't think you have. Cause you I haven't been. Them. No, I go to, yeah, I go to so, bed. Yeah, that's that's tough. I don't. Know, that's a tough sell to me. I mean, listen, I think the Flyers made a lot of really good adjustments today. You know. One thing that I really liked that they started doing was that they started having that high guy when they're in the offensive zone so that New York couldn't necessarily collapse right down low. And I think Trotz is going to have to look at that and he's going to have to have him make a lot of different adjustments. That's going to pull him out of his comfort zone. Trotz's whole game plan is we, everything from the hash marks down is our territory and we layer that up. But the one thing that I think is going to be really interesting to see is, you know, when, Philly has a high guy going and if they're able to get shots through like they were like they did on that last goal from I think it was Sanghai right you know, the game winner? Be, yeah
1: it was what's his name Phil somebody I can't remember I can't think of his last name and I feel like it oh Phil Meyer maybe Phil Myers? Meyer I don't know I can't think of his name and I feel like an idiot
0: I can't remember but from but regardless like if they're able to get those high shots through with traffic in front of the net, like that is going to be a huge problem for the Islanders moving forward. Um, so in terms of calling them frauds,
1: no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, is I this would. a very even matchup? Yes, I would. Phil Myers. I, it, I was right. Phil Myers. Okay. I
0: was right. Would what, what, what I, what I say Carter Hart has, has, is mentally weak like you claimed to me earlier? <laughs> no, I wouldn't even try to say that. Let's not remember. This dude could be like... I think this dude is younger than your youngest brother. So I wouldn't I would be he careful is. with calling this dude mentally
1: weak. I mean, they had a nice 3 0 lead. They were riding high, and then I and, and I mean, credit to Philly for making the adjustments that they did. You know what I think of the lane video. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Worthy of the Jack Adams nomination, even though we both think it's gonna go to John Tortorella. Um and he made the adjustments he needed to make, but yeah. That's a
0: really good coaching staff. I ha- I had to remember today that he has Michelle Terry and Mike Yo. Yeah. And I do not want Mike Yo to be my head coach ever. Just gonna say that. But out he's right a good. Now.
1: He's he's like Rex Ryan, good coordinator, yeah. not a good head coach, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Yeah. The guys are like that. You know, <laughs> but I don't want him to be my head coach either. But I'm very but okay with of, him. Like, right. I'm very okay with him being an assistant coach.
0: Right. And that, and that's my thing. Like, that's one of those things where he's got a lot of experience. He's seen it all. He's worked. Forwards, just work with for defensemen. Same thing with Terry, I work with for forwards, work with for defensemen, work for young players, work with veteran teams. Like they, they, I think can have an answer for everything. Now, again, obviously with drops on the other side, I'm not saying it's like a, like a lopsided coaching matchup. I'm just saying this is going to be. I think this is going to be how all series goes. I think it's just going to be back and forth, back and forth. That's why I said I said Isles and Isles and seven. Just because I think they're they have a little bit more of a scoring touch right now, and I think they have some guys with some hotter sticks. But, I mean, Kevin Hayes looked awesome today. They still need more out of Drew and Couturier, um, even though Couturier
1: just—I mean, that—that that goal. Yeah, nice. that hurt. That hurt my feelings. That goal on Varlamov—that <laughs> that was it for Varlamov today. But you know, Grice came in and he did the job. He made the save. Yeah. had made the saves he had to make. It was the deflection. He had no chance on that deflection. He, you know, there was nothing he could do there. Um, and. I don't know if you remember, but like I think a month ago or a month and a half ago when we were doing like the previews for the qualifying rounds, and I said that Anthony Bovillier was going to be the X factor for the New York Islanders. What a, an absolute coming out party for Anthony Bovillier. I mean, seven goals in 11 games, leads a team, you know, he's in the like near the top of, you know, the goal scoring leaders in the NHL playoffs. I mean, he's, he, put, he popped one in today, Anders Lee's got five goals, so... The guys that need to score for the Islanders are, you know, Peugeot is continuing to be an incredible pickup. So I I I agree with you. It's going to be like another chess match between Trotz and Av. But I just I really I really think that the Islanders are going to take the series in six. I feel really good about it. I had some time I mean, to think it? about it. I had some time to think about it.
0: Yeah. What was that? Like an hour?
1: Like an hour and a half, I was watching TikToks and like I was, you know, thinking about it. (laughs) That's what I do. All
0: right, right, so we'll go to the next game on at eight. The Lightning versus the Boston Bruins. The two teams played last night. That was a nice back and forth game. That was an excellent game. Zach Bogosian decided to make the best play of his entire life (laughs) on that first, like, on that first goal to Blake Coleman, which like. I have to start saying now, like I know they traded a first round pick for play Coleman. I was like, that's a really high
1: price for a fourth round player. But I was like,
0: man, this guy has been awesome.
1: He is playing up to that first round pick price. He is having a hell of a playoffs.
0: Yeah. So watching this game last night, Halak was definitely not as great as he was. I think Tampa was starting to figure out that they really have to be able to get traffic and take his eyes away. Um, you saw it on the Kucherov goal. Um, the Coleman goal obviously was like him just moving side to side, which is how you can beat any goaltender. But really disrupting, I think, his rhythm, too. And then obviously, Brad Marchand scores a late goal last night because, of course, who else would score the awesome
1: <laughs> Say I'm what man. you want about him. He's he's incredibly clutch. Incredibly.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, is he a top five player in the league? Like, I was thinking about that today.
1: He had 100 points last year. Like,. Yeah. He, he's, he's, a, top he's five, a top five player. like top five winger like definitely like yeah, comfortably I mean, a top five winger man I
0: just,
1: top ten for sure
0: I just remember like when he was in the league I was like this little plan he's here. just like, like, like a years, rat he he's, run his mouth.
1: I hate him he's a rat but I mean he puts he scores big goals he puts up points and he delivers and he's got jewelry to prove it that he's he can be clutch so I, say what you want about Brad Marchand. What a pain in the ass, but
0: he's a hell of a player. Uh, yeah. But oh yeah, back to the game. Andre Pallad was the one that finally scored, broke I think his, his drought. Um the yeah. Tampa tied the series. So it's one one, game three tonight. Boston's finally gonna have home home and rotation marks Yeah, home, home ice to be able to do the matchup.
1: Toronto, yeah. Well, so they'll get the they'll get the last change. So yeah, Um, you know, they'll they have that advantage there, which I didn't, like, whenever I was always watching, I was like, oh, they get last change, whatever, like, it's really not that big of a deal. And then, like, as I'm watching it in these playoffs, I'm like, no, it's actually a huge deal. Like, you're an idiot. Like, that really makes a
0: difference. Yeah, yeah. I know. it seemed like John Cooper was very content to just allow, like, the brain point line to match up against the Bergeron line when he had last change, and I don't know if that's something that he's always done or if he's just that confident that points that good, which I mean, I mean, he points. is. Yeah, is like is that good? He's so quite good. Yeah. Maybe that's just that too. But I mean the depth the depth of Tampa in this series has really kind of been the most encouraging for me. Like last night when they were going back and forth, I was kinda like, I feel like Tampa would have just folded the tents on this last year. Like this is not the same Tampa team for the past few years. It's not. And it's it's a
1: testament to the moves that they made. They bring in Coleman, they bring in a guy like Barkley Goodrow, you know, they, they bring in Kevin Shattenkirk off the scrap heap. You know, these are guys that they're like, I mean, Kevin Shattenkirk has been like a more of an offensive guy, but, you know, as he's playing, he's been like more of a grittier type guy for them this year. Um, you know, Goodrow and Coleman are fortifying that bottom six. I think Patrick Maroon, who's just an absolute hoss down there. The guy is just a beast who they, they didn't have a guy like that last year. A lot of jam, you know, just definitely a lot of jam um, that, that – the Lightning didn't have last year it was a lot more I guess like finesse and like pretty goals last year but this is this is a grittier tougher Tampa Bay Lightning team and I think last year they, if they played Boston in a in a series last year it would have been like Boston in five games because they just would have been tougher than Tampa last year but this one I could very well see go the distance
0: yeah I think so too I think I picked that. I can't remember who I picked. I think I picked Bruins and seven. No, maybe I picked
1: Tampa. Time's right, a flat circle. I have no idea what I said like
0: a week ago, let alone who I think is going yeah, to I don't series. even know what day it is. <laughs> I think it's Wednesday. But anyway, I think this Tampa team is more built, I think, for this series than definitely in the past. Like I, like I just freaking said, obviously. Um, <laughs> Vasilevsky today has been a little bit of a question mark. I haven't loved the way he plays, nor have I loved the way Hedman has been playing. That, to me, like, can't continue. Like, I think he still has to step up a little bit. You know, he made that sick pass to um, – who scored that Tampa goal. I can't remember. But it was that it was the game last night where he just, like, threaded the needle to the guy and centerized. And he went in on a breakaway. Like, that's a Victor Hedman that they need. He's so
1: good. He just – he controls the, the whole pace of the game. When he's right, I mean, he still might be a little banged up. But when he's right, he's easily he, – possibly the best defense, not easily, but possibly the best defenseman in the league. I mean, he is out of this world good. He's so smooth. And, you know, when he's right, that's when you see Tampa go on those runs. And I think he's a little bit, like, like I said, he's still a little bit banged up, but... Yeah, that's true. Um, he's... That's true. And he was banged up last year when they lost to Columbus, which another thing we bring up every week. Um, but I think that, you know, as the series gets forward, as he maybe gets a little bit healthier... As he feels a little bit better, I think on that ankle, I think he'll be, I think he'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, I, and and that's what I'm hoping for too. It's just with with these weird injuries and this whole like he's in, he's fit but not fit, but he's fit and he's healthy. But I'm not gonna talk about it because he clearly has an injury. But I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, it, it's always like he's. I'm assuming he's just gonna have to last a lot the length of the bubble and the length of this playoff run with this injury. Unfortunately, I just wonder if that's just going to end up costing them in the end because it doesn't look like Stamkos is going to come back anytime soon. And, you know, I mean, again, maybe this is the time where Brainpoint is like my team. And then maybe somebody like Steven Stamkos becomes a little expendable because
1: Ooh. everybody's in a camp crunch.
0: Am I starting rumors? Am I trying to stir the pot? Yes, I am. You just pulled that right out Yes, of your I am. Mind. You pulled that out of your butt. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it, and
1: you're right. I mean they need the guys that they're paying to, you know, that they're paying to do the job. They need them to step up. You still need a little more from Kucherov. You know, you're getting a lot from Braden Point. You still, you know, you don't have Stamkos, so they need to find goals other ways. They need to find offense other ways, and they're getting it from those guys, like we said before, like Blake Coleman. So um, I think they're. I think both teams are in pretty good shape. Um, I'm very excited to watch tonight and I kind of want to see you know tonight being Wednesday wacky Wednesday on the Top Pair podcast I, I kind of want to see you know how that game plays out.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then the other thing too just a quick note as I'm looking at the notes here it looks like Ryan McDonough's is out again so that might be yes. a little bit more of a serious injury than what the industry told everybody. Yeah, That's, Which that is that
1: something be, you know the top pairing defenseman clutching the playoffs nobody wants to lose a guy like Ryan McDonough so we're going to have to see how they, you know, how they're able to pick him up. So, I guess we should move on to the West. And yeah. boy was uh, am I stupid um, because I was like forget it, Colorado is a buzzsaw, forget it. They're just going to mow down everybody and they have not mowed down the Stars of Dallas. Um, I unfortunately haven't seen a lot of this series, just due to my schedule, due to me sleeping, whatever the case may be, um, shame on me. So, Nick, I'm going to let you take control of this one. But it looks like the Stars are just doing what they do, and they're just slowing everything down.
0: Yeah, I mean, the offense has definitely come awake. A big part of that has been the power play of this series. Um, Dallas scored opened its twirling last game out of five on three power play. Uh, it's really helped Ben, Sagan, rattle off all had goals last game or all had points last game. I think Ben had three assists. Um, but it's just been, it's just been like a renaissance, sort of speak, for it. And obviously, you know, I think Miro has going to need to start getting more consummate votes because of the way that he's playing right now. It's out of this world. He's playing against the, the, top, the top line against Colorado, obviously, because he's the only guy that can somewhat keep up with Nathan McKinnon, and they're doing a good yeah. job just keeping them on lockdown. Um, Anton Kudovic, by the way, is another goaltender who's entering UFA this year.
1: I Cha-ching! Mean,
0: you know, at 34 years old, I will say that. You forget how long he's been around for. Yeah, I forgot that he was that old. I he, He's, he's playing that. on top of his head. Or he's playing on top of his game right now. He's standing on his head. Um, it's It's been awesome to watch these guys play. I mean, this series has been so fast. And so, like, the pace has just been so up and down. It's just like constantly watching, like, a fast break in basketball. Like, it's just, like, up and down, up and down, up and down. And I think Rick Bonus has finally said to himself, hey, listen, we need to start scoring more goals, otherwise we're just not going to have a chance in this game. Like, I think he kind of looked at an opponent like Colorado, like, it's kind of like playing against, like, the Chiefs in the NFL. It's like, we're not going to shut them out. They're just too good to hold them to zero, right? Yeah. So we have to take our chances, and we have to try and match. And so far, the Stars have done that in the series. Now, for the most part, I think Colorado has held the pace of play, but... It just seems like every mistake that Colorado makes ends up in the back there. So Al-Francois, or François, or Frenzy, or whatever, however...
1: François, whatever, I think?
0: Yeah, whatever region of, of Quebec he's from gets a start net that tonight. Now, he came in last game. It's always tough being a goaltender when you're not expected to play, and then all of a sudden have to come in in like the second period. He did not look good in last game at all. He, did, he didn't look uncomfortable. He... He looked like a dude who hadn't played in, like, four or five months. Right. Which he hasn't. So, so, right. And so. and, that, and that's a huge concern. And especially without having Eric Johnson, yes, I understand that. But if, if you're if you're Colorado, you have to figure out a way to keep Dallas, not necessarily from scoring, but just, like, try to limit their expo- their explosive chances, right? Like, you know your team is going to score, but you just can't leave this guy hanging out to dry. But I think it's one of those things where, you know, does he go to does Jared Bender go to Cal McCarr and say, "Hey, listen, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna carry the puck out of the zone, you got to be 100 percent certain." Or like if you're gonna join the rush, make sure we, you have to double check to make sure that guy's back, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see, like especially with you know guys like McKinnon, guys like McCarr who are coming, you know, thousand miles an hour through the zone. You know, you don't expect it from them, but with the way that Dallas plays, they could lose the puck on the stick, and then all of a sudden. You know Dallas has turned it right back around, and you know you brought it up that the big boys are scoring. Whether it's Ben Sagan, you know Tyler Sagan, a welcome wake up for the Dallas Stars. I'm sure if those guys get going and they, you know, they get the goalie play that they're getting from Hudobin, I mean I could. I already feel like a moron because I was like, oh, who's beating Colorado four times? I was banging that drum for weeks. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they could be out in five. Like, just like that <laughs> to Dallas. It's And Dallas is no slouch. And Miro Hayskin and Hayskin and Hayskin and however you say it, just...
0: Miro, Miro Finland. That's
1: how yeah, th- <laughs> I think he was the third overall pick in his draft. Just absolutely, I think, 2017, seventeen? Eighteen? 17. 18. 17. 17. Third overall pick, right? Yeah. Who was he behind? Don't tell me he's here. Uh,
0: That might have been the he's no Patrick here. Oh, boy. Oh, on. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yep, that was. That was oh, the he's no Oh, no. What? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think if you do a redraft of the 2017 draft, I think New Jersey takes Miro Haskin in a uh, thousand times out of a thousand. Because yep. this guy is textbook elite defenseman. There's there's Norris, trof- mean, Norris trophies like around the line.
0: Elias Pettersson was also drafted after
1: those two. Oh, good lord. Is Nolan Patrick even like
0: on the flyers? So, I was thinking about that earlier. Is he today. hurt? Like, like, like what's wrong with suffering him? suffering from, like, the migraine disorder.
1: Oh, well. Right, well.
0: I was thinking that, too. I was like, who is his centerman?" I was like, what happened to Nolan Patrick? And then I had to Google
1: it. Oh, okay. Well, that you can't help. But And Nico Hishier's been fine. Like, yeah. he's okay. I like I Nico mean, Hishier.
0: I if, if we're... Also, I just gotta like say this real quick. Like looking at this draft, this was like a pretty loaded top draft. Like Nick Suzuki was in this draft, Cal McCarr was in this draft, uh Patterson, uh Martin Nakis. <laughs> like this was a Good really draft. loaded loaded draft.
1: <laughs> trying to think who the Islanders took in twenty seventeen. I don't think they had a pick.
0: Uh, or did they? Oh, this feels like it was
1: so long ago. I don't know why I can't think of it, because I know eighteen was Wallstrom and Dobson, but I can't think of who.
0: Oh, uh, they traded it to Vegas for Eric Brandstrom. Who oh. Brandstrom, Who I think? Who they just? And Branstrom went else. to Ottawa. I think they traded him to Ottawa. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, because the Islanders wanted them to take JF Berube in the in the expansion draft. Now I remember. Okay. Um. Now that makes sense, and I'm cool with that. Um. Yeah, back to Haskinen. Just an absolute beast. Norris trophy. You better clear off his mantle. Norris trophies are going to be sitting there. Um, I mean, if he keeps playing this way, there's going to be a Smythe trophy sitting on his mantle. And he's only 22, 21. Like, these guys are so young. H- Haskinen, McCarr, like, Nathan McKinnon's only, what, 25? Like, these guys are still kids. And there's just yeah. there's so much talent, tons of skill. Like, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I I think Colorado's going to get one back in their next game. But, I don't know. I've, if I'm a Dallas Stars fan, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not writing off the ads yet. Though I've just been, like, discouraged by some of the just really weird and dumb mistakes that they've been making.
1: It's very uncharacteristic um, think- from what I've seen on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, for them, it's just, they gotta, like, just stop with the stupid, like, again, stop with the stupid stick penalties, like, the slashing, tripping, like, it's just dumb penalties that they're taking. Like, you're not gonna win the playoffs that way. Nope, sure won't. So, until they get, like, their PK, I think, not even just, like, it doesn't have to be, like, just, like, settle it down, right? Like, not even just, like, a standout PK, like, just be average, just settle it down and be average. And then... With, if they do that, then I think they'll fall their way back into the series. But, you know, again, I just want to like go back. Like The key to the series has just been Anton Kudobin, who, like, a guy who I was kind of like a couple months ago before the, lot, before the shutdown, I was like, man, I'm surprised this dude still has a job. So it just seems like he just keeps kind of bouncing around from team, yeah. and he's like one of those really fringe backups, right? Like, he's just like, uh, definitely not it's a like, starter. All right, I have
1: he's Anton Kudobin. I feel okay about it. Like, God forbid Ben Bishop can't go, I have this guy, all right, whatever, like, we'll survive. But no, he's been a real, like, he probably came in as a question mark, and it's an exclamation point right now, a little punctuation humor. He's looking, he's looking really good, and I think the Stars are in a great spot. They can put the stranglehold on the series. Um, I think they play tomorrow, Thursday, Um... or do they play tonight? Are they the late game?
0: They might yeah, be the late they game. Tonight. They're, they're, they're the late 10:30 game. game tonight. There's three games on tonight for some reason. I don't know why they leave
1: oh, I'm not going to be able to stay up for that game again. i might not to even <sighs> make it through the entire Bruins game. I'm sleepy. Taco Tuesday, uh, baby. Have... It knocks you out.
0: Well, I also don't understand why they have a game at 8 and 10.30. Like, they're going to act like that's somehow going to be over with perfectly in time. Or transfer. It's almost,
1: just going to be that sure. thing, oh, we're starting it on the NHL network. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> well, no, I do have it. We just, um we yelled at the cable company because we're supposed to have it and then we didn't have it for like a month. So we yelled uh-huh. at the cable company and now we have it back again. Um, But I'm with you. I mean, I get what they're trying to do because you know they're trying to get this over with by like Halloween, the latest. Yeah. So like that's yeah. why they're doing back to backs. That's why they're doing, you know, the three, four games a night. That's why the Islanders play today at three o'clock so they can play tomorrow at seven. I mean, it makes sense. It really does. And I get and I'm okay with it. I mean it's listen, if it's hockey on every day, fine. Like I don't care. I'm not gonna really be that upset about it. So um all right, let's get to this last series and then we'll wrap this puppy up.
0: Yep. So the series is definitely getting some nastiness to it and some trash talking in the media.
1: Little grittiness. A
0: little bit. <laughs> yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights blew the absolute doors off of the Vancouver Canucks in game one nothing. It like you couldn't brutal. You couldn't have a more dominating performance. I think in the playoffs and what
1: that. I was. turned that game off quick <laughs> because I was. It was never in doubt. I mean, that I feel like that was kind of a wake up call for Vancouver. Kind of like a okay. With yeah. it's the second round now. Like I, they were probably riding high after beating the you know the Stanley Cup champs. It's. It, little bit of a wake-up call to now run into the the buzzsaw that's the golden knights
0: yep and then you know vancouver like it has all year long i've leaned on jacob markstrom in game two i think they had like i think i thought thought i saw a stat like vegas had like 22 more shots than vancouver i just pulled the second period
1: i just pulled it up that um the box scored. Vegas ended with 40 shots. Vegas, uh, Vancouver ended with 27.
0: Oh, my. like that was just like Jacob Marshall was just on full Jacob Markstrom display and continues to like. I think his prices just went up probably another million after last night.
1: I don't like that he wasn't yeah. one of the three stars of the game. Which is, are ridiculous. you serious? It was, Tifo- was Tyler Toffoli who had a goal, okay. he had a goal and two assists. Bo Horvat had two goals, and Elias Petterson had a goal and assist. He had a goal and two assists. All right. Uh, I got I you. Got to show love for the goalie. I I like the goalie getting the, one of the three stars if he has a game like 38 saves. Uh, Come
0: on. Yeah. Well, I mean, just that and the types of saves, like. Vegas is getting chances, like, right on their door, like, right on his doorstep, and he's just, like, fighting them off every time, every chance, every chance they have, I, I just, that's, that's crazy to me that he wasn't one of the three stars, but anyway, um, I think, I think the, the Vancouver Canucks are really trying to figure out a way to fight through the physicality of, of the Golden Knights, right, like, we saw in game one, like, Ryan Reeves and Antoine Roussel were having those weird jousting matches, and then, like, Antoine Roussel decided to whisper sweet nothings muff- sweet into uh, Amazing. In his ear. Amazing.
1: <laughs> love it. I just, I love that stuff. Like, when you like it, it's more fun, like, when guys aren't like, oh, yeah, those are like my friends over there. Like, oh, there's no, like, nastiness or anything. This is the playoffs. Like, you want guys to hate each other. Like, it's, yep. you see it a lot in, like, the NBA and the NFL and baseball, too, kind of. Like, hockey, there's a respect there, but you want guys to. They want to win, and they will hate you if you stand in the way of them winning. So, I, to see Revo and Rissell kind of get into it, it's, I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think like Travis Green even said he's like, we know how they're gonna play. Like I don't know why we were surprised after Game One. He was like, oh, they came out and hit us. Like oh, we only we only said that in all of our meetings that they were gonna do that. So, I, I think I think. Vancouver's finally accept the fact like, listen, we're going to win this series, we have to use our speed, right? Yeah. We have to use our skating, we have to use our offensive powers and kind of like pull them down and tire them out physically that way so that way they don't feel like they can run over the and just like drive us in freaking stands.
1: And I agree um, because Vegas, they're bigger, they're stronger, you know, I feel like almost top to bottom they're bigger and stronger and I'm with you. I mean, you're going to have to see, you know, the skating of, you know, Pedersen, Horvat, Quinn Hughes they're going to have to produce – and they are. I think Elias Pettersson has like 18 points or something, like 17, 18 points in the playoffs. But I, I think it comes down to I think they're going to go as far as Jacob Markstrom brings them. And I feel very confident in a guy. if I'm a Vancouver Canucks fan. This series is going to be really tough to beat a team as, as deep, as complete as Vegas is. And whether their goalie choice, it's a question mark, whatever they decide to go with um, – I think um, Vancouver's just going to have to start flying around the ice a little bit. Maybe you'll see defensemen kind of pinch in more and try to join the play on the rush a little more because they're going to have to beat them with offense, I think, because defensively you know that Vegas can lock down. So I think you're going to have to put more pressure on them offensively if they're going to have a chance to win this one.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, like like you just said, for me, it's just, it lives and dies, Jacob Marstrom, and I'm worried, like, what's going to happen to him is going to happen to Darcy Kemper, right? Like, Darcy Kemper was so good against Nashville, He just got and, then, like, down. just, the, yeah, and then just, like, the damn just broke, right, against Colorado late, and he just wore down, and so, you know, you're wondering if the same thing's going to happen there. I mean, if not, maybe it's a carry price, if, like, it could be a carry price situation where he just, like, stands on his head, and they, they squeak this out in seven games. Like, who knows?
1: And I think it's it's just it's good for the league to still have a Canadian team in the playoffs. And Canada's team, yeah. Right yeah, now, right. People hate the Canucks in Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's just Canada's it's, team. Canada's team. But it, I think it's it's good to still have a team in Canada. I mean, give the hockey night in Canada boys a little, you know, a little rooting interest. Um, I'm just kidding.
0: If I
1: oh. actually got to listen to Jim Houston, then I would say yes, hundred uh, percent. He know. he's calling the Islanders and Flyers on Sportsnet, and I'm stuck with like John Forslund and Keith Jones, and I'm like, this sucks. I'm, like this sucks. <laughs> I don't know,
0: disrespect, no disrespect. No Actually, like John Forslund, but like I dude, like, like him like, too. Can't, like Jim is just like another. Line. I like and Craig John Simpson Forslund is like an awesome play-by-play
1: guy. Too. I like, like, like John guy. Forslund. I like Boucher. Keith Jones is as long as it's not Mike Milberry that douchebag. But, um, (laughs) God, Mike Milbury, we didn't bring this up, he says he was a bad player, he was a bad coach, he was a a bad GM, GM. he ruined the Islanders, ruined them, and he's a bad analyst. Like, why is he still anywhere? And then he says the thing, he's like, yeah, they don't got any women hanging around too to distract them, or whatever he said, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something just an asinine comment to make. Um, as a nine, as a 10, as 11, as a 12. Just what an idiot. Like, get that, just fire him NBC, do everybody a favor, so I don't have to hear that dope. Like, he said this stuff about Tuka Rask when he was like, oh, you know, I would have played. Maybe Tuca could have sucked it up for a couple weeks. Like, you don't know what this guy's going through. Like, shut the hell up. Rant over. I hate Mike Milbury. But, um, <laughs> going back to it, um, I like John Forslund. I like Brian Boucher, Um, but I would much rather hear you know the Hockey Night in Canada guys. Yeah, I, I'm not even
0: gonna add anything to that. You just you said that perfectly, so I'm just gonna move back to the game.
1: Okay, so, thank you. That I was our uh, right, corner
0: cool, man. What do you think's gonna like? How do you feel like year, the series, rest of the series, gonna
1: play out? I got Vegas in six. Um, I think Vegas is just. I think they're too strong. I think. They're going to make the right adjustments to combat the speed and the scale of Vancouver. Um, I think the goalie situation is going to work itself out. I feel like Leonard and Flurry—they're both pros. You know, they're both—they know when they have to lock in. They know when they're going to have to get it done. You know, you know, Flurry's got the got the hardware to prove it. I think Leonard is another very solid option. You have two good options, and I think they're both able to lock in when it's all said and done. I think they one of them will, whoever it is. Um, and I think Vancouver's just gonna Vancouver it's just I don't know if they're gonna be able to stop the way you know the Vegas scoring. I mean, yeah, you can try to keep up with them offense you know, offensively, but if they lock you down and they're still pumping in three, four, five goals, it's like what there's really not much else they could do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm going to Vegas in five, honestly. You can't you can't keep winning games you're getting out like that. I mean, Markstrom has had to make really big saves all year long, but he's never had to beat he was never outshot by that much all year long. Like they like Vancouver was at least be able to hold themselves in games. So I'm not counting on that type of formula or kind of to work out the Canucks. Um, I mean, maybe if maybe if, if maybe if Markstrom wants to be the nine million dollar man next year, then maybe. Okay, fine. Um yeah, I'm, I think Vegas is just too deep. I think they're just too strong. I think their physicality is going to wear down the Canucks more so than the Canucks will wear down Vegas. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a real, real interesting to see because I, we both really wanted Vegas and Colorado in the Western Conference Final, but there's a lot of parity in this league. I mean, maybe we have to look for something where it's like a Vegas Dallas or even Dallas Vancouver Final.
1: Yeah, West, I, mean, I mean, I mean, every matchup. In the West, I, I'm not going to be like upset if we get one of them. These are four. I think these are the four best teams in the West. I think we got it right. Um, this it, it's going to be a fun Western Conference playoff here. I don't think we can go wrong any series that we get. Um, I still think Vegas is going to come out, but I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it could. It, there's parity all over the league. I mean, we saw it with teams like Montreal and Chicago making it out of the qualifiers. So, you know, anybody in this league can win. You know, any we could sound like morons. Colorado could wheel off four straight wins, and we look like complete idiots. So um, it's happened before, and it will happen again. I can promise to everybody listening. Um, but it's, you know, kind of going off the topic of, you know, on the ice here. Nick, I know you wanted to bring this up. Um, everything that happened in Kenosha. Um, This past weekend, Um, there's been a lot of protests that happened in the NBA today where the Bucs just said, we're not not playing. Um, And uh, the whole NBA is following their lead. I know the Mariners aren't playing tonight. Um, The Brewers aren't playing tonight. Um, If it turns out that, you know, something happens with hockey and it turns out that there's no games being played. I think Nick and I were in agreement we're gonna see what we're obviously gonna do if there's no games going on and you know, hockey doesn't wanna play, you know, we'll see if we're gonna continue on.
0: Yeah, I think I think ultimately we want the NHL to make the right and we want hockey in general to make the right decision here. And you know, it's one thing for us to kind of make content when there's a pandemic around and, and everyone's kind of feeling stuck at home and maybe just woken for a sense of normalcy that we felt at that time it was appropriate for us to keep making content, but at this time, where it seems like this is this is a different type of animal and just different type of crisis that we're all trying to face, we we think that if the players are going to stand up for something that they believe in and stand up for a greater cause, and we should also kind of follow that lead.
1: And I agree. And I mean, you know, everybody. It's you know, and the name of the the man who was shot is of course Jacob Blake, and there's been, you know, there's been protests all over all over the country, the Black Lives Matter protesting. We said it before, you know, we're fully in support of that movement, of course. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, you know, we, uh, we of course love doing this. You know, I look forward to this when we were doing it on Tuesdays. So I look forward to every Tuesday to do the top pair, but you know, it's bigger, it's bigger than us. It's bigger than hockey right now. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously keep you posted on that. Um, but, just wanted to let you guys know if you don't see us for a little while, it's because there's bigger things that need to be. I can't think of the word. It's bigger things that need to be brought to the forefront right now than just us, you know, two dopes talking about who they think is going to win in the playoffs. So, um, with that, um, just wanted to. I guess that's pretty much it for us this week. I just want to kind of do that thing where I plug everything. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at top hair underscore pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's, as well as on Instagram. Nick, go ahead.
0: Yep, you can always find me, plug it on top of your account, or you can find me on my personal account at maxwell one
1: Yep, and as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. You can also find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That's A1 SportsNetwork.com. You can also find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up?
0: Nope, I think you hit the hammer on the head. Just um, follow along for the top pair account, like Eric and I said, we'll let you know about everything more in terms of content when it'll be coming out. Um, otherwise just keep following along for our analysis on all things related to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, man. I think we can end it on that note. And I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. We'll see you.